Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy and a man who is visibly melting. It's Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Visibly melting and audibly crackling. I like it. Sizzling away. Welcome back, Bardi. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. Well done, you two. You held, you held it down admirably in my, in my absence. Didn't disgrace you? No, there was maybe two people who missed me, but um, that was about it. Apex Triplets was one of them, for sure. Oh, so it was three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, are you counting Apex Triplets as three individuals? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. He acts like it, but there was the one person on Reddit and, and my favourite ex-sub. Uh, we- you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's there's actually a fair bit to talk about since we since we last recorded. We've had two matches, um, and to be honest, like like the second game was fairly uneventful, but the first was really fun. I really enjoyed the match against the KD eleven. It was it was fantastic. It had a bit of everything. Um, where do we start? What, what, Bardi, have you learned anything from either of these matches? That the K League has some quite technical players. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They maybe not how they don't know how to defend, and they they can't tend the goal, and they don't quite understand the offside rule. But they are really technical, <laughs> and they. they <laughs> well, that I mean, that penalty was the most absurd penalty <laughs> I've seen. I've been watching football for like consciously for three decades, and I've never seen someone catch the ball penalty. in the box. Yeah, come on. I mean, Did he it didn't make any sense. Did fan whistle or something like that? I can't, I don't understand. I, I can't, I can't make any excuses for that, obviously. But, um, so it's not, it's not like an all-star 11. It's not the best no. 11 from the oh, K League. I thought it was. I thought no. they just picked the best players. I thought it was for, at first too, but I think a commentator said that it's, it's two from each team. Yes. So like it includes two, like four, I don't know, relegated K League players or whatever, or, or promotion or narrowly unrelegated. So it's a weird, obviously they've never played together. It's a weird team. They would have been much better, a much better representation of the K League would have been one of the better <laughs> K League teams, I think. It was still a, a lot of fun and it passed the time beautifully. I mean, preseason is notoriously bad. Unless you like to read into things, um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, man. You had penalties sending off free kick goals from Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. You had wonder strikes. Um, you had defensive lapses. You had interesting debuts. It, it it had everything. It was a wonderful. Um, I mean, Spurs play really lucked out there. Mm-hmm. Those people that 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 pay thirty five quid to watch it, they they got their money's worth. Anything you want to say, Nathan? I was about to say something and then it just left my mind. I I, I am audibly crackling. I will double down on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that with the Sevilla game, I think, um, did the job in terms of what a preseason friendly is meant to do, right? It's, it's, mm. it's, it, they were both fairly intense. Um, to be honest, the Sevilla game was a lot more intense than I'd have wanted. They were, they were, they were roughing us up. All over the place. I mean, Richardson must have been fouled five or six times in that game. Uh, and they pressed incredibly frenetically throughout. Um, yeah, so I think it's kind of, it, it ticked the box, didn't it? The, the, I mean, the severe performance was, was not overly impressive, I must say. I, I felt like, 
uh, given that we had Kane, Son and Richarlison as our, our front three, it felt like they didn't connect particularly well, but it's really early days. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect, really. Just think, on that, sorry. Um, just just on the the front three of Sun Kim and Charlison, um, this is partly why I I don't like Richarlison on the right side of the pitch. Partly because I think that's that's solely on his own, his least good side of the pitch as a right footer, yeah. right, a right footed forward. But also, like I see that role as more of a link up role as, as a Kulusevski, like an inside creative type mm-hmm, player, mm-hmm. Um, been linked to Madison. That makes sense. We talked about Ericsson playing that role before. Um, we didn't play Bergvine on the right. Um, so it's interesting that Richarlison has seen the right of the pitch, but I think that we were, we were missing. And, and you really showed against, um, um, Sevilla. Is it, was it this way around? I'm getting the mix already. But when Kulitevsky came yeah. on, we really went up a gear. Yeah. Um, the point I was going to make earlier is, um, we've had some boring pre-seasons in our bars. We like under, under Harry, uh, under AVB. Oh my goodness. Under AVB pre-seasons were just so, yeah. they were, they were essentially, um, slow motion training sessions. Um, Sevilla came out and, and went at us and pressed us mm. and it was intense. And then they tried to fight us off the pitch. Um, maybe that's not the best for building fitness and avoiding injury, but it was certainly entertaining. I think this preseason kind of ticks all the boxes. We we went out to Korea. Uh, we did some great marketing, put together some great social content. They did some what looked like some really hard training. We had two different games. We saw a few new players, and they they would have worked out in in really hot and tiring conditions that that will serve them well. I know a lot of people get scared by the amount they're running, but what did they do? Forty two lengths of the pitch. It's not that much, man. It's not like they just run a marathon through the desert. Forty two lengths of the pitch. We could all do that. Obviously, they did it at a faster pace. I couldn't pace. do that. <laughs> it's not. I don't think we're going to get to May and we're going to go. Oh no, they've broken down because they run too many lengths of a pitch in in Korea. So it's fine. They worked hard. That's good. Looks like they all got on well. They had they had a nice time, man, and they all seemed very happy. Yeah, Sonny took them out for Korean barbecue. Yeah, and there were everyone drinking water from plastic bowls, which I liked, but I didn't like. You know, it's not very sustainable. Yeah, the um the the number of fouls that Sevilla committed was slightly concerning, and then it ended up being. Uh, an injury to Ben Davis, which was not from a tackle. It was a pretty innocuous incident. Um, and it seems like he has hurt himself quite badly, unfortunately, which is obviously the, the downside of the trip. Um, I did want to talk briefly about the, the fighting that we saw or attempted fighting. So, I mean, it was, it was from, it was from nothing. Son, the guy tried to foul Son, actually. He tried to sort of cynically stop a counterattack. Yeah. And as Son just burst past him, he did brush him with his elbow, but clearly it wasn't deliberate. Uh, and the guy then tried to make a point about it at half time and say, you know, you elbowed me in the face and cut my lip. No, not at all. And, um, and it was great that both Romero and Richardson were absolutely having none of it and were straight into defend Son, which I very much enjoyed. And uh, uh, Eric Lamella had to try to play the role of peacemaker, yeah. <laughs> which is obviously never done before. Yeah. You have to, uh, you'd, one thing you have to admire is Rakitic has scored two oh. goals against Spurs now, and they've both been absolutely incredible. The one he scored for Barcelona at Wembley was just magnificent, mm. and then that one as well. I mean, I don't, maybe Obafemi Martins has a better, like, one to goal <laughs> to goal ratio against us than him, but that's. Um, Titi. Titi one, but that's just one goal, but he's <laughs> talking about people with multiple, but uh, yeah, they, they, that was a beautiful hit. Uh, I want to say Lanzini, maybe, is, is up there. 
He might, yeah, he's got a couple, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. But you're right, Rakitic, the the technique was so pure, wasn't it? Oh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So are there any players that have caught your eye for one reason or another? Yes, but I'll let Nathan go first. He looks like he's got somebody. <laughs> okay. No, I was I was deeply in thought trying to think about okay. one of the goals that we conceded. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to... I'm a little bit concerned about Hugo. I'm just hanging that out there right now. Mm. I thought some of the goals he's letting are a bit soft. Mm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying he's finished, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting a little flag in the sand, just saying, watch this, you know. I, I also did careful. not like his distribution against Sevilla at all. He, um, no, he was quite weak. Mm. But he was um, really bad, actually. I think in his distribution, <laughs> and Austin came on and tried to be bolder mm-hmm. and, and 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 misplaced some, and he got harsher criticism. But I thought he did a better job. I agree. Than Hugo. I completely agree. No, we're going to get pelters now. <laughs> I'm not sold on Austin as a goalkeeper. Though. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, but I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? When you sort of see a goalkeeper who's trying to do the right things in terms of distribution, the, the difference it makes. Um, mm. oh, one thing I will say against Severe is a couple of times we did play out from the back really, really impressively, where we kind of pretty much played it along our own, but the, the touchline yeah. almost to sort of tempt them forward and then... Uh, in one occasion, Emerson Real played a lovely clip ball into midfield, and there were other occasions too where we 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 broke the first line of the press incredibly well, and then suddenly we're on the counter. And I think that is, um, you know, we definitely saw elements of that in certain games last season, but I think that's something that we'll see a lot more of um, going forward. Yeah, I think Cessignon looked good. He looks like he's um, been lifting as well over the Hell summer, yeah. so I think he looks good. It's nice to see Skip back. I, I really like his skill set. I think he offers us a lot. Um, who else? I mean, Kane, his his ability to hit the ball has always been incredible. But in these games where they give him a little bit of time, he's just he's just impeccable. His technique. Mm. Um, very impressed with Papi Metasar. I thought he he um, in in the first game. I thought he did some really sterling defensive work and then kind of grew into it with his confidence on the ball. There's lots of sort of first time play the way you're facing type passes. In the second game, I felt that he showed a much more rounded skill set in possession and he seemed to sort of be more confident. Um, and yeah, really, really, really like the look of him. He's clearly a, a massive talent. I mean, he's so young and Conte uh, suggested that they're not quite sure yet whether he'll be out on loan or, or with the first team. Uh, but obviously they're thinking about it, which is which is interesting. Um, I, I do think we need to talk about Sanchez. Um, mm. I feel it's pre-season, so we're not going to make massive judgments, but it's a continuation of what we saw last year, whereby he is not good on the left. And I, I, I don't understand why Conte keeps putting him on the left when we have other players who could fulfill that role um, more adequately. So Cast said to us, when Sanchez was first signed, he played in the middle of the back three. Toby was played at right centre back and given freedom to play mate from deep. Sanchez then acted as a sweeper, using his pace to mop up through balls and track runs in behind. He looked pretty good in this role. I remember a game against Dortmund where he had a battle with Abamyang and came out mm-hmm. on top. In a Conte back three, is the cent- central centre back completely wedded to be the playmaker? Or is there room for this to be done much more at right or left centre-back? I often remember you saying on the pod that central centre-back in a Conte system has more time on the ball. Could that not suit Sanchez? I mean, he looks he looks really good in that central role when he first came to the club. It was outstanding. But the thing with the way Pochettino plays is that we, we did lump it long quite a bit and then compete and press and keep the play in front of us and keep the opposition off our deepest player quite a bit. Um, and that really suited Davison because he could just distribute either to Vertonghen or to Adeveril. And that was pretty much as, as expressive as his passing got. Where we had troubles is when teams... Um, 
I remember Mourinho especially um, would prepare their front two to 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 split and man mark Alderweireld and Vertonghen, and then approach Devinson from that angle and stop being outmanned uh, or or in allowing themselves to be outmanned, but allowing Devinson to be to be free and have to be more expressive with his passing. And he struggled there. And you think about the way Conte plays. The answer to the question is is yes. The central centre back does have to be a playmaker because. Like with Pochettino, when we're putting the the play in front of us, to play in front of us, to play in front of us, um, Conte is drawing them onto us. And like you said, playing playing along the length of our own touchline. And if your central centre back looks like he doesn't want the ball, mm-hmm. which is how Devinson looks, you're in trouble. Um, so he, I think he's absolutely wedded to have have to have. Sorry, a really technical player on the ball in that in that position. So, mm. um, yeah. But, I mean, he also can't play on the left, in my opinion, mm. at all. Um, so, the thing with, like... Uh, so, I was actively calling on Twitter, like, put Davinson on the right side of the pitch, put Romero on the left. He's he's a technically skilled player. He can handle it. Is that, obviously, this is pre-season. The focus isn't on winning the game. And it's about, you know, Romero, us getting practice, the, you know, new right-wing backs. Yeah. Um or old right wing backs, whoever getting practice combining with Romero from the right side, new central midfielders combining with Romero from the right side and, and building that familiarity. But my goodness, it's a painful mm-hmm. for everyone, mm-hmm. especially for Davinson Sanchez, um, for him to play on the left side of the pitch. I'd much rather see Tanganga. Yeah. Um, not that I highly rate Tanganga personally, um, but I, I prefer him to Davinson. It's just, I would like for us to move Davinson on this window, but obviously we're doing a hell of a lot of business as it is. Yeah, I agree with all those points. I don't think putting Sanchez in the middle and giving him more time and the ball is going to help anything. If if somebody doesn't know how to cook a beef Wellington, five hours in the kitchen is not going to make them be able to cook it. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think we're stuck with Sanchez for another season, which is a shame. But I think we have to make do with the, the defenders we've got right now. He, he kind of almost played himself back into Conte's plans at the back end of last season with, with a string of pretty good uh, performances deputising for Romero. Um and and honestly, I think that might be the worst thing for him and for us because I can't see him getting many games this year. I, I think that the drop off and, you know, we know he's a good defender. He is undoubtedly a pretty good defender. Uh, but the, the drop off in ability on the ball is so significant uh, that I don't think we'll be able to risk that too often. And so but he just... I don't see us replacing him. I don't think it's possible to replace him in this window and then add another new face in. I mean, I just I just think he's one of those guys that's just going to be back up for Romero and we're just going to have to deal with it and hope Romero doesn't get like a long-term injury. So so I, I'm comfortable with Davis and Longley at left centre-back. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm sort of semi comfortable on the right with the idea of, uh, obviously Romero as first choice and then either Tanganga or Roden, I guess, as, as backups. We haven't seen anything from Conte that makes us think no, Roden no, is going to get minutes. No, exactly. And then centrally is where I'm worried because there's no backup to Dyer. And I quite like the idea of signing Kim Min Jai, to be honest, because I think he's, in the same way that we've seen Dyer bringing the ball, carrying the ball out from the back, I think he's one of the better carrying centre backs that we've been linked with, and is also a brick shit house, so that that helps too. Um, and I don't think he would cost the earth. And we've seen the sort of impact that fandom in South Korea can have on the club. The sort of this is not something to be sniffed at. We're talking. We broke records for a, the streaming of a sporting event in South Korea with this game against the um, the, wow. the, the eleven. Uh, from the from the K League, two million people streamed that match in South Korea. I think um, that signing would make a lot of sense. And then 
I would feel much more comfortable with Davinson leaving on that basis, you know, having brought in another centre back. But like Barley says, and like Nathan says, is that there are other priorities, I guess, and it might be that we end up with him for one more year. I do think that the long lay can cover the central role, um, and then Davies comes back into the eleven or or whatever if he if he even leaves it in the mm, first place. Okay. So I, I'm I think there's okay coverage there. I do, again, I just feel better if um, if Tanganga was the backup for the right centre back yeah. role. Yeah. I mean, I know we're going to get into Patreon stuff later, but I did watch the long lay video, and I feel a bit better. I feel a bit better. I think, I think, rather like you said in a few of the comments, that long lay has just been hung out to dry because Barca fans don't really want to go after PK mm. and the formation and Busquets and De Jong and everything else. Yeah. So perhaps long lay is the full guy, and maybe I've just been sucked in by that. It's, it's hard the, not to be because there's yeah, been so hard, much on it. Yeah. But then you you do see the game against Cadiz where he gives away the penalty and it's just like Barcelona were winning and then yeah, he, he just kicks a guy in the leg at the end of the match and it's like well, it, it, that is definitely a mistake I'm not saying it's yeah. it's definitely a mistake he's, he's not aware of the player behind him I do think that that was a recurring mm. thing awareness uh, and checking failing to check his shoulder a little more often um, he did go the wrong foot he did go in a kind of lazy like body mechanical fashion and also he's comically unlucky that there just happened to be that guy going across with a foot in the air and that that counts as a penalty for kicking a guy in the foot that had no impact on the play and definitely didn't have anything like that and and everything else and probably probably wouldn't be given in the Premier League but no I don't he barely touched him did he 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 (laughs) was like he really brushed him and it was even questionable whether he did brush him uh, it wasn't clear that he, he had actually made contact with him, but it was a very clumsy action. Mm. And also the game that uh, you looked at in detail was was PSG with Barcelona playing a non-pressing high line yeah. against, yes. against a, a, a team that has Verratti and Mbappe mm. in front. Mm. So I, I feel a little bit better about him and I'm still happy to loan and we, we can if it, it doesn't work, give him back. But I do feel a little bit better about it. I still have I still have concerns. I do think awareness mm. is a thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you if we're talking about him in, in the central role, then maybe you're worrying there. But then I also think that you basically have the whole play in front of you from the central role. Yeah. Maybe so. Um, the other thing that I didn't touch on in the video is that I feel like his athletic game has a ceiling. Um, Conte's been very explicit about his his thoughts on the physical capabilities athletic capabilities of players coming to the Premier League we've bought exclusively players who are like six foot and over um this summer and he is but I feel like he um he's not you know obviously a lot of centre backs aren't rapid on the turn and stuff like that um he 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 could be a little more mobile maybe mobile's not the word he could be more um, explosive like he doesn't have a huge yeah. leap he doesn't have a quick uh, a, a good top speed and I feel like what we often see in those clips where he's getting sent off and giving penalties is that whenever he goes into explosivity whenever he tries to be athletic and physical and forceful he isn't controlled with his forcefulness <laughs> and then he just you know slaps a guy in the face by accident and gets his second yellow that he shouldn't have had the first one for and stuff like that so um, I do have a little bit of athletic concern about him mm. He's definitely um, a, 
a bit clumsy looking. You can imagine him dropping things mm. quite often. And yeah, you're right. He just doesn't seem to have. A, he's a bit Bunjacevic. If you know, you know, he just doesn't doesn't look like he's he's a Premier League centre back, which which is also another concern. But hopefully, hopefully, we can get something out of this. I mean, I think he kind of looks like a 15, 20 million pound defender. He's definitely not elite defender, Bastoni kind of, or even Pau Torres level. But everything you said, Nathan, I think could be applied to Ben Davis and look how well he's done. Yes. Look how well he's done uh, in, in that left centre back role. Completely. Um, so I so I do think there's scope for um, significant improvement just being within the system, let alone getting his confidence back and uh, and and all of his ability on the ball, which is stuff we've not spoken about. That, you know that, that yeah. that's going to be a big um, uplift for for the team, I think. Um, and also, uh, Bardi mentioning Bastoni then just sort of reminded me that, yeah, this is a season-long loan because obviously we f- we fancy our chances of getting Bastoni next summer, I, I imagine, or someone of a similar ilk. So it, 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 does, it does make sense from that perspective, I think. Except how long are you expecting to have gone to yeah. at the helm? Yeah, this is the thing. It's, <laughs> it's one one or two years max. And, you know, having Kane, Zon and Larice all fit and firing on top form as well, you know. Um but regardless of that, you have to plan forward anyway, don't you? You have to sort of, you have to expect that the manager's still going to be at the club, even if it's not the case that they they will be. And the other thing I think is is worth dwelling on briefly is Lucas at right wing back. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Um, so in the Discord, there have been a group of people, and I would definitely include myself within this, who have been like, oh, for God's sake, everyone, will you stop saying that we're going to sign wingers and convert them to wing back? It's, it's getting tedious. Conte's done this with, with Moses, and everyone's now getting obsessed with the idea. And then Conte's basically confirmed, yeah, I, quite, I do quite like converting wingers to, to wing backs. Um, so on, on, the, on the question of Lucas, Conte said... I spoke with Lucas and I think that this will be a good option for me. And in the past, I converted Perisic in that position. Moses was the same. Kandreva was the same before a winger and then to become a wing back. For sure, he has great quality, Lucas, and I think this could be a good option. The most important thing is that the player has to be 100% sure to do it. But he is available and Lucas Mora for us is a great resource because he can play in many roles. He can play behind the striker, on the right, on the left as a wing back. I'm very happy for his commitment for what I'm seeing in the training sessions. And tonight, I think he played a good game. I also think he played a good game. Interesting. I went back and I, I watched it live and then I went back and watched it just before recording and I'm, I'm largely happy with it, especially, you know, first game playing in that role. This is something that I called for, I think we called for when Conte first came in. We thought, oh, I wonder if we might see Lucas Mora play wing back. I think that really suit him. He's a straight line athlete. He's got a good crossing game, although he doesn't use it very much. This would simplify his decision making a lot more. He would have to pass the ball. It would be imperative that he release the ball under pressure in deeper areas. 
Um, and then more recently, we laughed at the idea uh, being ridiculous because imagine him, you know, not releasing the ball under pressure in his own third and trying to dribble diagonally across the entire pitch. So, uh, now we've seen, and also I think on the previous episode, I was like, things that we haven't seen him try already, like Kulaseski in the midfield three, uh, whatever else it was. We, if we were going to see those things, we would have done. And now he's like, I've got a preseason, so I'm going to experiment and we're going to see, we're going to see Lucas Mora at wing back. So I don't know. I'm, I don't, I don't hate it. And if he's going to stay in the squads, you know, because he's got a year left, right? If he's going to stay in the squads, um, he might as well. I, I would prefer the prospect of him at wing back than, than taking minutes away from Kulczewski, Richarlison, um, any other potential forwards about bringing in Hill or whatever. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like I don't, it. I, no, I don't like it. It's, I mean, it's not a new thing. Wing backs into uh, wingers into wing backs. Quadrado, Zambrotta, Valencia, Ashley Young. You know, it's, it does happen generally as they as they kind of age a little bit. Yeah. I just I do have nightmares about Lucas receiving the ball deep in his own half with his face in his own goal, and then that touch just going away from him, and then he tries to win it back, and he just trips someone over, and gives away a penalty. I just I have that fear. Yeah. I mean, it's all we can have fun in in Korea. Let's all enjoy ourselves. <laughs> Let's try something on the right wing. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I I thought the the things that really improved us in the severe game um, were were Davis coming on for Sanchez, allowing us to to play out from the back more effectively, and Emerson Real coming on for Lucas, allowing us to to link the defence to the midfield. Um, I, I, I'm not going to judge Lucas on one performance in preseason at wing back because he's got to learn the role. If, if that's what Conte sees as his future, then he has to learn, he has to be given the time and space to learn the role. Um, but I have major concerns about how he connects with the players around him. Mm. And I think that's such an important part of that wing back role. It's, it's short interplay to then create freedom to then play the pass. He did play one really nice pass to Richardson, uh, who then crossed for Sessignon. Uh, but otherwise I thought Lucas was quite wasteful in the final third, to be honest, which is where he, he should feel more comfortable and stronger. And, um, it was really, really, really noticeable that Conte was shouting to Lucas constantly, coaching him through the game, which, again, you'd expect. It's his first game in that position, so you'd expect a bit of coaching to be going on. So I'm, I'm interested that you sort of watched it back and you liked it, Nathan, because I, perhaps I need to rewatch. You're, you're provoking a hill under me. Really? I, I want to go big and bold now. I want to say we're going to see more of it and we're going to... We're going to adapt, and we're going to like it. Okay, I mean, I, I don't see how we do go with more Lucas at right wing back. Now we've signed Spence. exactly, exactly. I mean, I think this is purely a still not official. <laughs> it's still not official. I've seen photos. ITK. Yeah, I know you have. We all have, but <laughs> oh, it's still it's not, not official. Just me. I thought it was just my. But I just seen. So no basically, seen. he did his medical. He's passed his medical. I think mm-hmm. he. We, he's taken. He's done all his media. There's dozens of pictures of him in Spurs gear in Spurs Stadium, all that stuff. But there are still contract elements to sign off on, apparently. Mm. I mean, by the time this podcast is out, if it's Monday morning, he might be announced Monday morning, right? But mm. at the time of recording on Sunday evening, it's still not official. It, it might just be that our entire hierarchy is on a flight uh, and we're waiting for them to actually be back in the office. Mm. Can they do that? Can can I mean, there has to be things set in place that, like an executive board of, of charities or organizations, they can't all get on the same plane together. So like all the Spurs, Daniel leaving all the board and all the players, they won't all get on the same plane. Surely they have to, they have to split out. No easy jet family package. 
<laughs> you can't because just in case something happens, you have Tottenham is just wiped out. It's gone. We sent over a hundred employees to South Korea. Bloody hell! Yeah, yeah. I'm just on on Lucas. I think I think the important thing about the Conte comment is the second one about his versatility. Um, signing Richardson, in my view, knocks Lucas down the pecking order. I know he sold Bergvine. But I, I think um, he would prefer to play Richarlison in any of the front three positions than, than Lucas. Uh, and I think that means fewer minutes for Lucas. Um, but we do need to maintain some level of depth within the squad. And so having Lucas there as someone who can fit in, in multiple positions is potentially quite useful. So that's the way I'm, I'm viewing this. Uh, yeah, as it stands now, assuming we sign Spence, that's three right wing backs. But obviously Doherty is uh, able to cover on the left. Uh, I mentioned uh, a few weeks back that I could see us going with five wing backs, two right, two left, and then Doherty can cover both. And I, I think that's looking looking that way. pretty likely at this at this stage. Good call. I just want to give a shout out to Brian Hill, who the yeah. little running machine. Yeah, man can run and run and run. And I thought he looked good, and I was I was very interested to see how he played. And I think he's. I don't know, he's probably hasn't bulked up, but he just seemed bigger. He seemed older, he seemed more mature. And it was um, it was nice to see him. And I, I had him down as my kind of redemption story, as someone that could break through perhaps unexpectedly. And I, I liked what I saw from him. Um, I definitely think he is someone who has sort of metaphorically thrown his hat into the ring based on his performances. Mm. Very good at receiving with his back to players in the severe game. Um which you wouldn't necessarily expect from a player who looks as lightweight as him. But because he's so technically good, he can just kind of take it into his feet and then wriggle away from a guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see see where that goes. Because, uh, again, he, he does, on paper, fit the fit the right-sided role quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Gives us good backup there, I think. Yeah, we just just use him, coward. Play play the boy. He's fine. He doesn't. He like we're gonna be big enough for set pieces mm. and stuff. Just 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 let the small guy have some fun. <laughs> He's good. Small guy, big hair. That hair is a statement, isn't it? It's. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. It's really something. Uh, I imagine he gets a lot of um, grief about it as well, and just absolutely sticks to his guns. You what, do you reckon the other the, the other boys they mug him off? Yeah, I reckon so. Mm. Little 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 Brian Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> so on the transfer front, it does seem like Spence is is on the verge of being done. Thank goodness. Very excited about that one. Uh, Nathan already alluded also to the 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 heavy links with James Madison, and I'm not gonna lie when this first came up i was very sort of questioning of the logic of it but the more i think about it the more i think actually i do quite like this for spurs i really like it we've got a um set piece coach he can whip a mm. free kick um he's young he's english <laughs> get him in he ticks all the body boxes <laughs> yeah i mean so nathan he predominantly last year played central attacking midfield he did play on the left he also played some eight in a three-man midfield, I believe. Um, and so I guess he kind of fulfills the same role that we were hoping. And on the right. A little bit on the right, a tiny bit on the right. Okay, only a tiny little tiny bit on the right. bit on the right, yeah. I'm not confident about him being on the right. But I, 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 the point I was going to make is I think he sort of semi-fulfills the role that we did marked for Ericsson. Um, yes. Plus, as Bardi mentioned, excellent set-piece prowess. You know, genuinely a really good set-piece taker. Uh, he's an interesting character. I think he's got some some some... <laughs> personality flaws should we say but he does um he gave that really good post-match interview where he 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 actually gave answers rather than pr cliches yeah 
and it was what quite refreshing. What are personality flaws? Because um, I've, I've, I've seen a few people mention it. What, what are they? What's he done? Uh, he broke ro- lockdown rules a couple of times, if I recall correctly. Oh, okay. Um, he, I mean, it's just, it's, it's... Childish. There's some stuff that I can't really say that, that involve him just being not a very nice human being, possibly. Okay. But, you know, whatever. I'm sure there's a lot of, yeah. Nobeds in football. Exactly. And, yeah. and yeah. He's a 25-year-old bloke who's, who's, mm. who's really good looking and has a lot of money. So, you know. Um, what do you think of him as a player, Nathan? I think that he is, we have Christian Eriksen at homegrown. Yeah. I, I remember we were linked with uh, Grealish and Madison at the same time. And I was like, well, Grealish, definitely Grealish. And so I, I was then uh, sort of unconsciously against <laughs> Madison. But like, he's definitely a good player. Uh, yeah, if he's going to come on, be a squad option, and like like we talked about before, like you alluded to, like when we were looking Ericsson a player who can both take up one of the wide roles and be the the creative linking player, like Kulusevski is, and also a player who can play the the Barella role um, as as an attacking eight. If we want to switch to a midfield three, um, do you think that's going to happen? Can also sit on the bench. I think that we will like we will enjoy having it as an option. Mm. Yeah, the more I think about it, I mean, I just think he would have done it a lot more if he had intentions to do it. But then I guess if you had a player like Madison, who you'd have to think would come at a serious cost. I mean, maybe not 60 million, but why would Leicester sell him for less than 50? You know, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of money to prize him away. Again, yes, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. We're talking, it's like the Richarlison situation. It's spending a huge amounts of money, um, to bring in someone who's going to be first off on the bench. But at the same time, it gives me this feeling of like, yeah, we're really stepping up the quality of our squads for a, for a five substitute season. Mm. For, this is, this is the kind of squad building when you genuinely believe that you can push for the title. Mm. Yeah, he scored twelve. I just said, look, he scored twelve goals last season. He's a re- eight expected goals. He's a really good finisher. Really, yeah. really composed finisher. Uh, also, very good at making late runs into the box. The kind of third man run. I think that's a strength of his too. Um, scores goals against Tottenham as well. So I think yeah. we're, I think I like common sense by players that score against us just to reduce the amount of goals <laughs> we concede. <laughs> <laughs> Who else scores goals against us? By them. <laughs> Because Richarlison scored, he loved scoring against us. Madison does as well. So yeah, let's go out and buy someone. <laughs> uh, it's gone very quiet on the outgoing front. The the main link away this week has been Jaffa Tanganga, who's repeatedly been linked with multiple clubs, but especially Milan. Um, and I think he would really excel in, in Serie A. I think it would suit him very nicely. Why? Why is that windy? Because he's a, he can defend and he can't pass. And they, all they do in Italy is just defend. That's the, nailed it, mate. Absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Milan don't play out from the back, so. So, uh, on Patreon this week, uh, we've been very, we've been very productive, very busy. It's been an exciting week for, for XUB content. So, Nathan released the Longley video, which was a one hour piece of analysis, very detailed piece of analysis of Longley. Um, was that fun to do? No. No. No, I, I did this new method. So it was an hour in published, but it was closer to two hours in recording. And I'm happy with how it went. I'm happy with the end product. But no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't fun to do. It was, but this, this is kind of like, it's, um, it's a center back thing. Mm. They're difficult to scout. Mm-hmm. You have to go to, I have to go to difficult lengths to show the process of scouting and center back. So that's just the way it is. I, I'm not complaining. I, I appreciate that this is a lovely job to have. Right. I, I really enjoy the kind of meta. Uh, videos where you talk about the process within them. Please, please continue that. 
You say that, and I'm glad, but I'm not sure I've got too much of that from anyone else. Okay. Oh, well, let's, let's see what people say. <laughs> let in let, me, know, let me know if that's yeah. what you like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've already recorded the Spence video some time ago, and you, you teased that on Twitter. <laughs> um, but that we can publish that as soon as it's announced. But uh, yeah, let Spence hype commence, basically. Um, and then uh, it's been a delight to catch up once again with Chris Summersell. Uh, his his little boy, he's kind of settling into routine with his little boy. So we're, we're back to recording straight off the training ground and had a really, really good um, good chat for that. And then Bardi, you've released a, a book club episode. Yeah, I did a little review about Dominic Ball's book and then I um, slid into his DMs to say it was a great book. And he's then slid back into mine with impeccable timing because he's a professional footballer. And we're going to have a little chat. And we're going to find out a little bit more about it and, um, yeah, about working your way through football academies, especially Tottenham's. Nice, nice. And then speaking of former Spurs youth players, I interviewed Yasser Kasim on Friday uh, and, and that will be out soon for the X-Subs. Uh, it is an absolutely fascinating conversation if I don't say myself. So if I don't say so myself, uh, I be- I'll say it. I barely said I a word. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he can really speak. He can really he can really talk, and he's got a lot of of insightful, interesting things to say um, about that process that you don't really get to hear much. Uh, again, like you talked about with Madison, you hear a lot of cliches, mm. um, but but Yasser really spoke freely um, about what it's like. And none of it is hugely shocking, um, but it's really interesting to get that sort of that first person um, storytelling kind of thing. Yeah, good good week to be an ex sub if you're a if you're a youth nonce for, for sure. Yeah, uh, there's a, there's a cracking little anecdote about Gus Poyet and in in the interview with yes. with Yasser. Uh, he's a very he's a very smart guy. Uh, incredible self reflection skills. I I that's something that I sort of lack a little bit I think um he's yeah very very reflective and kind of is able to sort of look back on how he felt at certain periods of his life and 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 comment on um the impact that his behaviors had uh, and that's that's really really interesting to hear um not very nice guy as well uh, he absolutely refused to to accept payment for we pay all of our contributors normally and he absolutely refused. So we've, we've made a charitable donation. Um, and then finally, I had a, a really good chat about FPL with Baker from the Above Average FPL uh, pod and channel. Uh, Baker, I think, does really good, really good work on FPL stuff, really good content. Um, and he's often in the Discord giving us advice as well. So really appreciated that. Um, and again, he 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 insisted that we donate his his fee to charity. Also, I haven't played FPL in several years, but I also really enjoyed editing, listening to that podcast, and I might do a um, like a set and forget FPL team this season, which is about as much engagement as you get from me on that. Now, <laughs> I, look it's for someone who has irregular sleep patterns, FPL is a nightmare because there are deadlines to meet. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yeah. just not suited to you, Nathan. I might do a, a a new signings only team nice. as a set and forget, just as, as an interesting see how that goes kind of thing. We're going to end on this question. So I really enjoyed the discussion that Alex and Flav had on the Fighting Cock about our central midfielders um, and kind of trying to rank their their importance. Or I mean, it's ranking them is difficult because they've got different qualities and obviously they'll they'll have different strengths in different matchups but i think it's it's worth having a discussion in terms of as it stands now who are the two that that, that start and to do that let's let's try and put them in order so i'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on um on the the ordering of our four 
I won't include Saar for now, four central midfielders. And and I'm happy to start. Um, so I, I would have Hui Bear as my number one still, even after signing Basuma. Um, I would have Basuma as my second choice. I, and then I'm really stuck between Skip and Bentancur because I I find it quite hard to, to thoroughly judge Skip right now because he's not had the same level of time with Conte on the trading ground. Uh, but I think in terms of raw potential for a Conte team, I think Skip could end up being my favourite of the four, but it's too early to say that. So I think I kind of have to go Bentancur then Skip at this stage. Um, but I really see like a lot of room to to grow in Skip. and I'm very, really excited about about that. Um, Bardi, how about you? Where, where, where do you, how are you ranking them? You're right. It's a difficult one. I've gone with um, Bentancur at number one. I just think he, his impact was, was transformational. And I think with a, a preseason under him, time to settle in, I, I think he's going to step up another level. So I think he could well turn into be our, our number one centre midfielder. And then in number two, I'll put Basuma. And then number three, uh, Huyberg. And that's nothing to do with the whole cement mixer thing. It's just because I think Huyberg has been playing pretty well. Well, he's been playing good, but I just think he's maxed out. I don't think there's anything more to come from Schoenberg. I don't think he's suddenly going to improve areas of his game that he's been deficient in. I think that he's a good player, but that's it for him. I just think there's more to come from Bentancur and Basuma. But like you, I put Skip in at four, but I fully expect him at the end of this season, starting next season, to be pushing for the one or two spot. So for now, Bentancur, Basuma, Schoenberg, Skip. I've got... Basuma, Hoybier, Ventancor, Skip. But I also think there just isn't that much mm. space between one and four. I think they're all on, um, you know, they're not a tier apart. I think Skip's really good, you know, mm-hmm. and, I've, and I've got him fourth. Um, the, yeah, there isn't a ton in it. I think that think that we will be looking to start the season with Basuma and Hoybier, with Hoybier as the deeper player, but wouldn't be shocked to see us either move away from that or simply be rotating through those four players so much that it's never clear who the preferred two are. Tour in the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the main thing to take away from the conversation is how impressively we have rebuilt our central midfield and our central midfield options. It's so hard to think that we had Winks and Sissoko for so long. <laughs> I was thinking the other night, like, what would what would Conte football look like if we we were still playing the Winks and Sissoko midfield? Would it work at all? It would be really scruffy. I mean, it's so reliant on the the central midfielder being technically very able. You have to receive the ball in, in with not a lot of time. You're put in a position where you have to quickly receive the ball and play a forward pass into feet, and that would look very messy with Musa Sissoko there. I think you know he's just he's just not technically. Um, able enough to cope with the pressures and demands of the of the role. We should go back one day and do a look back at the Sissoko days because he, he was just such a strange player. Um, do you remember when there was time we even spoke about him to play uh, playing right back? There's a funny days. I I hope we never kind of see him again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really happy with our central midfield options. We're 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 well stocked, and I know that there's sort of an occasional question mark about the the lack of creativity, but. As we've said before, the, the system can can bring about creativity. And I think all of the players have um, some creative aspects of their game, maybe not as much as we'd like, but they're definitely capable of playing um, unexpected and, and interesting passes. They've, they've all got some vision. Um, yeah, really excited to see how it grows. I, mean, I think one of the things that I would add about Huybert and why I think he's de- definitely got to start the season is there's kind of the intangible... Uh, 
qualities that he has as a, as a leader and an organizer, um, which I don't think that Basuma naturally has, and I certainly don't think that Bentancor naturally has. Um, and, and that's really useful. It's really useful in a, in a team that's, um, that's kind of new. There's lots of new players. There's, there's lots of, you know, even, even including Bentancor and Kulisevsky, there's, there's still not like a, this isn't a team that's been together for years and there'll, there'll be a lot of newbies. Um, come the start of the season but I would genuinely be happy with a combination of any of those two against literally any team I think they're all really really capable players it's very very it's very very pleasing that we've got to this stage now you've been listening to The Extra Inch thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production thanks to Bardi for being Italian thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music you can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud D Lindmer do check him out he's great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.